Hey everybody and welcome to episode 117 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys and girls, excuse me, welcome back to the show. Episode 117. Um, yeah, lots going on as always. All that stuff going in the background, and uh, had some really, really good interviews recently. I can't wait to get them out to you, um, and especially this one uh, as well with uh, Simland, which is going to be uh, a great one for you, for you guys. Um, you get some great feedback on all the last interviews, actually, especially the last one with Paul. Uh, we were talking about depression, mental illness, and and how we can put that behind us. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one already. Uh, episode 116 of Paul Moulton, go back and do that. Uh, before we get to the show, uh, as always, if you're heading over to www.reviveyourself.co, we've got our shop there. Uh, so if you're looking for any supplements, any health products, we've got some fantastic ones there for you. I always like to mention Living Fuel, which is the best all-round product on the market bar none. Um, and then we've got our um, Aries Tech EMF blocking devices. You know, anyone who's got a mobile phone on them, they can have one, one of these devices in your wallet, uh, on your all times, have it in your, on your phone, on your laptop, really, really important for blocking those EMFs. And also, um, we've got the, um, well, we've actually got, if you go ahead on over to www.blueblocks.com, we've got a good code for you there. If you have blue blocking glasses, you put in Revive, you get 10% off. And if you head on over to www.essentialoilwizardry.com for all the best essential oils in the world, then, um, Put in the code there, revive in small letters, you get 10% off too. And then, you know, essential oils are very, very powerful. Anyone who hasn't listened to my episode with Dr. Nick Berry, then I suggest you go and do that because it's an absolute, well, it's an absolute classic, I should say. He's just a world class, different level when it comes to essential oils, and his knowledge is, is phenomenal. And um, yeah, we've also got our um, whole house water filtration systems from Aquatair on the site. So you can give uh, you can give them a, a go if you're looking for water, clean water to drink, to wash your clothes in, to cook your food in, to wash, have a shower in, etc. Then these are top end. They take they get rid of ninety nine point nine percent of all parasites, heavy metals, and uh, protozoa, etc. So that's uh, there for you on um, www.reviveyourself.co. Now, um, our guest today is well he's uh someone is, is me he's been on youtube for quite a few years now and uh, he's got a great book out called metabolic autophagy where he talks about the benefits of fasting and building muscles and um also about how 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 healing um, fasting is and what it can do for you in the body and and why it's going to benefit you in such such prominent ways uh it's really interesting a really interesting guess is I've done his research and it's someone that you know I've been into fasting for a while now and uh, having done that I always like to bring on interesting guests and talk about um, talk about different different protocols different ways of doing things than the norm you know um, Sim is here to tell you about his eating window how, how, how many hours he, he eats in a day generally and different things that we're going to about how powerful it is for fat burn how powerful it is for, for anti-aging 
etc. So without further ado, here's the interview with Sim. Enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. Yes, yeah, trying to find out where about where whereabouts are you actually uh, based, mate? Um, from uh, Estonia. You're Estonia, but where? Yeah, whereabouts in Estonia? Uh, it's uh, it's an island called Sarema. Okay, cool. I had um, had a um, guy that I went to uh, in a school with, um, Estonian, and uh, him and his family are great people. Had a, they were <laughs> very fun people. So I know mm, nice. some Estonian. Uh, but, but anyway, it's um, good to get you on, mate. I had uh, I've listened to quite a few of your um, quite a few of your YouTube videos, um, and also recently I listened to you when you were talking to Elliot Hulse uh, all about um, intermittent fasting, um, mm-hmm. and so. That's what I want to talk about today because it's uh, it has gathered some pace intermittent fasting and different types of fasting. And you've got your book out, um, Metabolic Autophagy, um, Practice Intermittent Fasting and Resistance Training to Build Muscle and Promote Longevity. So um, just 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 for people out there, uh, Sim, how did you get into, uh, well, what was your background in the health world? How did you get into health? And then how did you stumble across intermittent fasting? Uh, well, yeah. I was interested in general health and fitness in my high school already. So uh, I was like lifting weights and getting into nutrition. And at that time, I kind of stumbled upon this idea of intermittent fasting and uh, for, for primarily body composition purposes and losing fat. So I found it really helpful and uh, kind of liked it. So uh, I stuck with it. So, and uh, up until now, I've been doing it for like seven to eight years uh, consistently. And during this time, I also experimented with different types of diets like carb cycling, cyclical ketogenic dieting, uh, the regular ketogenic dieting, and etc. So, I've just become very curious about uh, how do you optimize uh, both your like nutrition, training, sleep, everything else related to you know biohacking if, if that would be like the good term to use it and yeah the, the, there hasn't been like any like real health issue i haven't had any like obesity and i don't have any kind of diseases in my family either so i just used it as a way of uh, uh, pushing my own boundaries and uh, trying to uh, optimize it and using it as like a preventative tool against any potential like illness that may come no, awesome because it's it's so basically you almost just went into it um, uh, almost like to scratch your own itch, but just like just ex- experimented yourself, um, mm-hmm. which is which is awesome. You know, it's a great thing. We need to talked about there. Uh, you try different carb cycling, ketogenic diet, you try different things, and then not having any disease in your family. That's great. Um, that's great. But it comes so it comes from a point that you're already coming from a health healthy point of view. But mm-hmm. um, I mean. I don't know if you said. I mean, there's so much I want to go into here, but I don't know if you have you seen um, Carl Robertson's stuff, the Snake Diet. Yeah, yeah, I've had uh, I've had him on my own podcast as well. You've had him on, right? Yeah, he's uh, an yeah. <laughs> interesting guy. He's he goes very he goes very hard. He's, he doesn't pull any punches, and he talks about right. how many uh, how many diseases um, he's been able to help people um, to say reverse just from mm-hmm. fasting and letting the body heal itself. And that's sort of when you go into the effects of autophagy, right? Yeah, like uh, a lot of the modern diseases are uh, related to almost like overconsumption and uh, uh, ge- keeping the body in this fit state continuously. So the bo- the human body has evolved in in these periods between like fasting 
and uh, getting you know an abundance of calories. So that's what evolutionarily we're quite adapted to, and uh, it also has like a very built-in, almost like a built-in yeah self-healing process in between those processes, uh, such as like uh, you know when you're not eating, then you go into the fastest state where your body is you know taking a break from digesting food and during that time uh, the body will also clear out a lot, a lot of the waste that accumulates during the feeding phase and uh, the, all, all of the different toxins you get exposed to uh, during the daytime as well so it's important to kind of keep yourself in check with uh, the process of autophagy and uh, it's like a self-maintenance mode where you're repairing yourself and uh, recycling the uh, waste that accumulates but the problem is that in the modern world we're kind of very one we're too leaning on this one side which is staying in the fed state all the time and uh, interfering with autophagy uh, by by you know over consuming calories etc over consuming certain foods and so on so yeah like the autophagy process is like a self-healing process almost that uh, can be used it's, it's, it's just makes the body healthier uh, but at the, at the same time, it can directly also eliminate some of the diseases that uh, may occur. So, yeah, autophagy literally like, is when the body, I mean, for people out there not are not used to the term, it literally means the body eats itself, right? it eats disease, right? it gets mm. rid of all the dead, disease, decaying cells, and it replaces them with healthy, young, new cells. Now, um, yeah. and, and so <clears throat> it's something that's, I mean, yeah, people, right, it's almost <laughs> a couple of things I want to talk Well, Cole and go straight into fasting straight away. And our programs with my clients, for example, I get them to a certain level of health first in terms of changing certain things, and then we go into fasting a little bit later mm-hmm. on because I feel like, you know, um, just uh, a more gentle approach uh, to it because I think sometimes people like all or nothing can really mm-hmm. shock people can, and people can go into a deep healing crisis you know and as those things start to heal but then they can get like skin eruptions headaches nausea vomiting yeah. and so I, I do a, I try to get into a certain level of health first remove certain toxins first a certain level but you know the body will heal itself and but the, th- the thing is, a lot of people find it hard to get into autophagy because I want to talk about how long it takes to get into autophagy and and the research done. But you know, a lot of people. Um, it's like I remember Paul Check once. You know, do you know Paul Check? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, did a video once. He's talking about cold showers, and he said like people would rather have their organs cut out than get in a cold shower. And uh, <laughs> it's sort of like sort of a lot of people, you know. Oh, I could never skip a meal. Can never be hungry. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, you get hungry for five ten minutes, then it goes away. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's one of those things. And also, there's certain ways you can sort of negate that hunger. But have you have you found? I mean, generally, once people get into it and they start doing it, it the, I I my backstory with it was um, I used to play professional sport. <clears throat> I used to always eat, you know, eating six times a day. Always very lean because you're using so many calories, etc. Then when I stopped uh, playing professional sport, wasn't running around as much. Still eating what I thought was healthy, not looking how I wanted to look. And then one of my mentors was like, Ryan just drop out of breakfast and I was like no, I need I need I need breakfast for for my, for my gym work he's like trust me your, your body uses energy from last the night before so I started dropping out breakfast <clears throat> not eating till about one o'clock or two o'clock and all of a sudden about two three weeks I looked like a completely different person I was like oh my god uh, this mm-hmm. is phenomenal and then I started mm-hmm. eating um about one two o'clock and then at about eight nine o'clock at night so eating twice twice um twice a day and and now I've literally moved on to basically being a, a one meal a day or or in a four-hour window and i just feel like 
uh, and it's not about <clears throat> starvation because I still have a, quite a lot of calories in that four hours, <laughs> probably two and a half, three thousand. Just I just eat whatever. I don't really count, count calories, um, but I feel so much better when I'm as in more energy. Um, mental clarity is improved. You know, you can feel if you go start to go through a bit of a detoxification period, you can feel a bit rough at times, and then you can do some certain stuff. But um, interesting to know. Um, well, a couple of things, but your your thoughts around that, like how, what was your? I've watched a couple of videos of yours, but just for the audience out there, what's your sort of daily eating practices, and what would you say is like good for people to get into? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like you, I was also uh, when I started, I initially did the sixteen and eight type of fasting, mm-hmm. which is yeah, like basically skipping up breakfast and having lunch around noon, and then like another dinner. So that was that, that I did for like maybe four years or something, and I all at the same time I was also learning about you know learning about the physiology and different methods of doing it. So at that point I also transitioned over to more of like the warrior diet approach by Ori Hofmikler, mm-hmm. which is something that you do at the moment as I, as I, I would guess like fasting for about twenty hours and eating within four hours or such mm-hmm. and. It's it's uh, basically similar to one meal a day as well. Yeah. There's not like much difference, and you you don't experience a huge uh, like a physiological difference, or, or like the health benefits are basically the same uh, between one meal a day and uh, the warrior diet. So yeah, at the moment I'm doing uh, this version of the one meal a day diet, and uh, I'm usually fasting for yeah about 20 to 22 hours every day, and uh, eating my food within. Uh, like two to four hours or such. Uh, but I think like for people who are definitely wanting to get started, then it's not the best, most optimal way to really jump into it. <laughs> like uh, going straight to one meal a day and going straight to these longer fasts. Like, yeah, physiologically you will survive. Like you're not going to die. You're not going to starve hmm. uh, if, if you not eat for three to five days. It's just that it's going to be very difficult uh, at first and you may not be used to it. So you always, when you are doing intermittent fasting, you shouldn't think of like fasting as a crash diet. You should think of it as a more or a sustainable lifestyle change that you implement uh, based upon uh, what, where you are coming from, so to say. So someone who is like very uh, unhealthy, then it's going to be very difficult for them to get started because the body is very addicted to burning sugar and carbohydrates. So you want to gradually build up the fat burning um, machinery in your mitochondria and become more fat adapted and to teach your body to use your own body fat for fuel which will be like the main source of energy when you are fasting and that's why you know gradually moving in moving in with like skipping a few meals avoiding snacking and then maybe tightening up the eating window that's like yeah more sustainable and uh, I say more um, more more people will find it uh, adherable, so to say, that there won't be this situation where they fast really hard and then they start binging or they get some hunger cigarettes and they like quit altogether. So I think a more gradual approach um, by starting off with the 16-8 method is probably like a more uh, effective way of going about it. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just like it's just an easier break for people. They can either go from like eight to four or ten to six. I mean, or mm-hmm. as I was saying, you know, the reason why I <clears throat> started doing one to nine is because, um, or like sorry, one to nine, or like two to nine, or one to eight was because um, I used to find it very easy to drop br- br- breakfast and breakfast out, and even even now lunch out because I'm busy, I'm working, 
But mm-hmm. when I'm sitting down in the evening, I'm relaxing. Maybe I'm watching a YouTube video or whatever I'm doing. You know, it's just it, sometimes it's nice to have something to eat. Then um, it's just something that because you're relaxing, it's like it's just you feel like you're you're not doing much. You're just you're just chilling out. You know, so it's nice mm-hmm. to eat. <clears throat> Even though I am trying to eat earlier and earlier because going to bed, as you said, going to bed full. You know, as you said before, your mitochondria don't um, get get the uh, hidden benefits of what you do if you go more empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, you're going to bed for you. I don't think you release as much growth hormone. Um, and there's other things we can get into that. But it was more the fact of like, yeah, I just can. It's easy not to eat when I'm when I'm working and I'm doing stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But at night, you chill out and you can eat. But just trying to get a few, at least trying to be like four hours um, pre-bed without eating. Do you reckon that's a good idea? Mm. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> like it, it will also depend like what kind of food you're eating and uh, whether or not it's going to actually interfere with your sleep. So um, if you sleep worse because of eating too close to bedtime, then yeah, that's definitely something you want to fix and focus on because like you said, a lot of the health benefits you know, actually, you know, take effect uh, during the sleep period and deep sleep. So uh, sleep quality is probably more important than uh, like doing fasting or uh, eating really late at night. So yeah, in most cases, I would say two to four hours is probably like the optimal time time frame uh, to stop eating before bed. Uh, but you know, if if some people they still get very hungry right immediately before going to bed and that they can't fall asleep, then having some like an easier snack, maybe some something that uh, like has some protein and fats that can be also somewhat uh, okay, you know, as long as it's not going to uh, like interfere with the sleep quality. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, it's because because I was trying to eat most of my calories in that four hour window, uh, or even even like one meal. If I, if I this is other people out there, you know, it's, you learn by doing. Um, if I was to eat all my calories in that window, and I was to eat at eight o'clock, and I was trying to get in bed at like ten half ten. Mm-hmm. very full still you know so um yeah. and so and it's the thing I, even when i used to do like the eight um sorry eight hour window like one two if i have a big big lunch i got to about seven eight o'clock and i wasn't really that hungry i was just eating because i thought i, ha- I should eat again um mm-hmm. and so now it's sort of like if you have that big meal it's it's, it's like building up that stomach capacity as well um and then just leaving the body just to go through the one thing, because I want to go into a few different things of who, for some of the people you've you've uh, studied and a few things. But for example, just for people out there, and a lot of people that that um, are listen, listening listening to our podcast, and I've got health issues, or they're into exercise, etc. So like yesterday, I had um, I had a meal about. Well, for, put it this way: if you were to fast, um, Tim, and you were training, etc., when's the best time? to eat so i i was i had football last night at seven seven o'clock i then was in the gym this morning at seven and i just did my tie at half ten so i've had quite a busy like 24 hours um mm. and i had my last me- proper meal about um four o'clock yesterday uh, mm-hmm. This morning, I did actually have a couple of bananas just because I'd done three lots. Well, we've been doing three lots of exercise, and I thought, look, I need some energy here. Um, mm-hmm. some energy. We've got stored energy, but I just felt like I needed something. Um, what would what would have been your approach there? Uh, well, uh, that w- that's also always depending on like the particular goal and what you're trying to do at that moment. Uh, for instance, if the goal is fat loss, then um, 
there isn't like a very huge requirement to be eating after a workout especially if the workout is just like some cardio based workout and not like uh, resistance training so in that case i can safely like i can safely like recommend people to not worry that much about mm-hmm. immediately eating after working out uh, because like the, like a cardio based workout is burning already primarily uh, fatty acids and fat for fuel so uh, if you skip a meal then you'll probably just go into deeper ketosis and use more of your fat uh, fat stores to cover that energy but in the case of like resistance training or strength training and you know muscle hypertrophy then uh, optimally i think it's better to have some uh, post-workout nutrition that includes you know protein because that's going to help with uh, protein synthesis and uh, recovery and uh, you know re- promoting muscle growth uh, so yeah usually even even in that case you don't need to eat like immediately after a workout Uh, But I still think maybe, you know, two hours at maximum would be something to have uh, after or two hours at maximum would be the longest you'd want to wait uh, after eating, after training and uh, getting something into yourself, especially if it's like uh, heavier resistance training. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, it was one of those things I try to get the fast minute. Sometimes you just, you know, you've got a lot going on and and you you, you feel like like three sessions are in. Mm-hmm. Within uh, three sessions within twenty four within twenty four hours, like within like twelve eighteen hours, um, you're gonna have to let me say just, just because things you're doing it depends on. What I was I was gonna say it depends on what things you're doing. If you're just in the gym and you haven't really got any anything sort of going on um, in terms of c- competing, or your your brain hasn't got to be functioning at a high level. Then I, I mean to be to be honest with you, I play football. Um, 90 minutes of football completely fasted most of the time but yeah. that's just 90 minutes whereas if like in, in the period I had today I had three different sort of 60 to 90 minute exercising it was more just for mental clarity a little bit you know just taking off the edge a little bit because sometimes mm-hmm. it can just be a, a, a mental thing but um, for people out there because look if you're going to be fasting um, most days women I'd say you know a couple of times a week wouldn't do it uh, just because we found that in my uh, research and in, and in my um, opinion you know women don't react well to, all the time to seven days of fasting would you agree there? Mm-hmm. Um, well I think yeah, most people would say that women uh, do or that women are more sensitive to fasting and such uh, but I would say that it mainly has to do with uh, like the stress tolerance mm-hmm. Uh, like fasting itself is only you know harmful if it becomes an additional stressor yes. or like an overbearing stressor so people deal with stress in a different way and people have different amounts of stressors in their life so i don't really uh, th- i don't really uh, think that there's a, like a huge uh, like a sex difference between men and women for fasting but i think it j- just like they experience things differently and uh, they have like different responsibilities etc so um in most cases i would say women can do fasting just fine but they may just want to um have like some breaks from fasting and the same applies to men as well mm-hmm. like everyone will uh, adapt to fasting uh, eventually and uh, to kind of avoid this sort of adaptation or to keep your body still you know guessing then it's good to change up the fasting window every once in a while and also make sure that you change up 
like the calories you consume during a day and that's also going to keep everything uh, working properly 100 percent. keep the body guessing 100 percent. and as you mentioned there yeah the reason why i find women um just be a little bit more <clears throat> sensitive to it than men in terms of sometimes a negative it's just because you know with the women i deal with and probably you they are very stressed you know they're trying mm-hmm. to be everything to everyone you know the mum the, the, the wife mm-hmm. you know the, the, make the food go to work and so sometimes it's not it's just about giving them that time off. but the body really does respond well to, to it but just not sometimes all the time so i 100 percent agree with that right. and especially changing the calories up and um, changing the window up that's the thing you know that that can be quite mentally challenging for people uh Sima, I, I found you know people like yeah. routine people like to be like i'm doing it this way it's right and and they like to just get into that sort of like have their not use it i suppose not use their their mental energy to do it. you know they like to find a routine and get into it whereas sometimes plan around and just like you know chucking in a breakfast here where you normally and then go maybe 24 hours without eating here um that can be really beneficial right yeah yeah for sure like uh uh everyone likes the routine and routine routines make things easier and also like i would imagine routines are healthier as well to a certain extent like the circadian rhythms already are these built-in routines into your system and into your body and uh, meal timing done in a routine manner will probably also be beneficial for the body and you know optimizing digestion etc because the body already knows when certain some food is coming and so on but it's just that every once in a while it's good to change it up and uh, avoid this sort of uh, adaptation that occurs uh, so the body would you know actually experience this mild starvation response uh, which would be like a good word to use it but it's not like describing the entire picture so that that's like why the changing routine up can uh, improve it, it can be used to like break some plateaus as well as uh, you know, trying to reap more of the longevity benefits of the fast, just to change it up. Yeah, I've got it. Hundred percent. You just said something there, starvation. Um, and so this is a term a lot of us that do intermittent fast. You know, people like other trainers out there, people that <clears throat> used to be in the health and fitness industry. You know, you've got to eat three meals and three snacks a day because your body will go into starvation mode and if it goes into starvation mode it'll start um it'll start burning muscle and putting on mm. fat um how much of a myth is that <laughs> well like technically when you are fasting and you're not eating then you are uh, starving but uh, it's not yeah. it's not inherent it's not inherently harmful like starvation can be useful and uh, you know, well, there's just, just, a just, lot to, of... just to clear that up, just quickly, because when we say, for example, starving, when we're eating, me and you, for example, Tim, we're not having 200, 300 calories, we're eating 2,000, 300, 3,000 calories, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're, yeah, yeah. we're having, so we're not like saying, oh, we're not eating all day and then we're having a little scrap of lettuce, we're having yeah. good meals, right? So if people feel like they're starving, they feel like they're hungry, just, just to want to clear it up, you know, because I think that's mm. quite an important point to put across, right? Yeah, like there's 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 these uh, different terms such as like malnourishment. Malnourishment will be just becoming deficient of certain nutrients. Then there's starvation. Starvation is like literally uh, weaning away all of the uh, muscle tissue, etc., that you have, and uh, eventually leading to death. But uh, fasting doesn't include, or do- fasting doesn't have to include starvation, or, and it doesn't have to include malnourishment either. Fasting is just like um, confining your eating window in a certain way and uh, staying in a fast state so you can definitely uh, eat a bunch of calories but if you do it 
within certain hours, then you're not going to end up starving because you're still getting all of your nutrients and your calories and you may actually like gain weight with intermittent fasting if you overdo it. And yeah, they're, they're completely different things. It's just people have these preconceived notions about fasting and uh, they try to equate it with uh, starvation because it's, mo it's more become like a, yeah, like you said, over the course of many decades and years of uh, dogma, it's like people start to associate it uh, with that. So there are diff different things, but physiologically, uh, you know, fasting is like being in a in a starved star state. It's more like a, your body is deprived of certain nutrients, and because you are deprived of those nutrients, then the body will turn uh, inward to find those nutrients, and in so doing, it's going to uh, create the energy it needs, and it's going to eliminate the things that you, that it doesn't need, such as like the uh, broken down cells, the other. Uh, toxins and uh, like unwanted proteins etc so that that actually has like a longevity benefit because you're like uh, taking out the trash and uh, cleaning it out yeah so i give you a little spring clean every time you do it right yeah that's true and um so it's really important you said that because you know as cole would say your food your body's got forever weight your body's got loads of food on it right it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It, if that is food it's going to break it down uh, and it's going to it's going to use it you don't have to you know we're you've got society where we just don't like being uncomfortable and a little bit of mm. a little bit of like fasting a little bit of being hungry oh, i can't never be hungry it's like yeah you, you'll be fine you know you, mm. you'll be fine you're not you're not starving <clears throat> i mean 2014 more people are dying from overeating than there were from starvation in yeah, the world yeah uh, so we're, we're we're fine you know so a couple of things you talked about there as well, you know, when when we are um, fasting and we go into that, so a couple of things, how long does it take before the body gets into autophagy? And also, when we are fasting, the body starts to actually preserve muscle, right, rather than fat. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that is true, that um, fasting can protect against muscle catabolism much more than like frequent eating, especially when you're in a caloric deficit. Yeah. Because uh, fasting produces ketones, which have like an anti-catabolic effect, and uh, those ketones come from your own body fat at that particular moment. And the process of autophagy is also actually you would think that it's going to break down your muscles, but it's been shown that autophagy protects against uh, age-related sarcopenia. So uh, sarcopenia is the process of losing muscle and replacing it with fat tissue as you get older. So autophagy has been shown to protect against that. And part of the reason I think is that the process of autophagy is more, almost like a stressor that uh, kind of teaches about it to survive these periods of energy deprivation and starvation. So your body gets tougher against uh, those moments when it's, it's not getting food. And because of that, you're kind of preserving more of your lean tissue and uh, you turn into your fat, fat stores instead because you know how to use it. Um, how long does it get into get into autophagy? Uh, that depends on uh, the amount of energy. Basically, how how, how much energy is inside stored uh, in your liver glycogen, and uh, what kind of fuel is running through your bloodstream at that particular moment. So usually, or the the most important nutrients that regulate autophagy are amino acids that come from protein and uh, glucose, which comes from carbohydrates. And uh, that glucose is stored as liver glycogen in your, and the, and the liver glycogen is regulating these pathways that affect autophagy. So whenever you're basically, whenever you're not eating and your liver glycogen is very low, 
then uh, that's also going to deplete all the glucose and amino acids from the bloodstream. So that's that's when autophagy will start to slowly and gradually increase in like a dose specific uh, manner. And uh, there are things to kind of speed it up as well. Like if you're eating somewhat of a lower carb diet, then you have less glycogen to burn through in order to get into autophagy. And uh, likewise, exercise also depletes the glycogen faster. So yeah, those things, I would imagine in your case, if you already uh, like exercised last night, and you depleted your glycogen and you continued to fast after that, then despite the fact that you ate like a few of those bananas, those bananas were already, you know, out of your system after the second workout you had in the morning. So yeah, it's, 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 it's never going to be this on and off switch all the time that you you have to start all over again if you have some food. It's the body's always constantly regulating the process. It's just that some activities and some foods make it or they're going to take it longer for you to get those benefits. Right. So, for example, yeah, if you have a big... Because people think like, oh, I ate my meal. So there's a couple of things you said that, said that the smaller meals you eat or if you can, if your body uses up those foods, it's going to go into all sorts of autophagy faster um, mm-hmm. because it's not having to carve through lots of different foods. Also... <clears throat> excuse me um like what was i gonna say also yes when people think that you know like, oh, i ate my last meal at eight and i'm having breakfast at eight so i've been fasting for 12 hours that's not correct is it depends on what they've eaten because you know it does take a couple of hours maybe even three or four hours for your body to even start to get into that fasting because you've still got to break down the food you've, you've, you've been eating if you're talking about a big meal yeah yeah that, yeah that's true like the uh, just the mere fact of digesting the food already takes like a few hours and if you eat something that's even like harder to digest something that has more proteins and uh, fiber for instance then the the digestion speed is also slower so uh it'll take longer for the body to actually start fasting if that makes sense yeah because the body's just got to break down that food so for example mm. if you do have your dinner at six you're probably going to be fasting from about I don't know, eight to ten, depending on how quick you digest food. Right. So, so it's just people out there say, "Oh, I've been fast for sixteen hours." It's like, well, you you haven't eaten for sixteen hours, um, yeah. but you've probably been fasting for, for about twelve. Uh, but that's yeah. still good for a lot of people, you know. Some people can't go, you know. This is the thing about break fast, breaking your fast, and there's a, a few few things. I mean, um, I think it's uh, Doctor Walter uh, Longo who's got his fasting mimicking diet, correct? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. just just I don't know if you're if you're up on it, but just just because how because for for someone out there who says, well, how can it be a fasting mimicking diet? Because you're either eating and uh, or you're fasting. So how does his diet um, allow the body to still be in that fasted state? And is there things you can eat that allow it mm-hmm. to maintain that fasted state? Right. Well, uh, like I said, that the you know there's not going to be this on and off switch for right. autophagy and right. you you can stay in a semi-fasted state by keeping the calories really low and also keeping the anabolic signal uh very limited so but to say Sim, you if, you, if you are doing that but because you're not completely fasted would your body not start mm-hmm. eating muscle instead of fat uh that depends like um it is true that uh if you like kick yourself out of ketosis and you stop autophagy because of, you know, eating uh, something, then that that may uh, cause like some additional muscle catabolism compared to like staying in a strict fast state. And uh, yeah, I, I think the the actual outcome depends on again what you're gonna do, you know, during the other 
days of the week and uh, what you're going to do overall. So uh, although the fasting mimicking diet can be useful for maintaining uh, like a very low fasted state and gaining some of the benefits, I would, in, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's like uh, the most optimal thing that uh, most people would just use it to kind of eat something and continue to fast rather than try to optimize either their uh, body composition or try to optimize autophagy, so to say. It's just like an adherence thing, something that people uh, can use to um, get through the fast longer. But there are uh, some other methods, like similar, if, if you've heard about Dr. Mercola's, yep. the keto, keto fast, mm-hmm. that's something I think is more more uh, effective and uh, probably so health, so just, healthier as well. Yeah, there's just people out there, just go, just go into it a little bit, because this is the, this is the question you get a lot, right? You say, I, I get a lot as well. <clears throat> like on your fast, like, is it, is it just water you can have, or can you have, like, can you have coffees, can you have teas, greens, drinks? Like, what are you allowed to have? Um, there's, there's the one that uh, Ancient Brave just got out, a very nice uh, uh, cacao and collagen drink, and got some MCT in there. People are like, oh, will I still be in a fasted state after that? So... Um, go, go go ahead, uh, Sim. Just have just give your uh, your 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 two pence on that. Mm-hmm. Well, some things that uh, pro they're definitely not going to break a fast are things like uh, coffee, teas, uh, water. Uh, then there's like even some things that stimulate autophagy, like turmeric or ginger, and these medicinal mushrooms like reishi and chaga. So um, I don't see like a huge huge issue when it comes to taking something like that in a fast state it may actually boost the effectiveness of the fast uh, but other things that have like more calories such as like broccoli or sulforaphane vegetables uh, cruciferous vegetables those uh, they do have calories but they're also been shown to uh, induce autophagy a little bit mm. and promote promote with a detox and uh, helping the liver clear out the toxins so for them, I would say it's it's more of like a dose, a dose specific thing that right. you probably can get away with like a few hundred grams or something, or uh, but you probably after maybe several hundred calories, then that's gonna interfere with it a lot more. So yeah, there's probably like a small buffer zone uh, where you can get away with them, and uh, and uh, but if you if you still end up consuming too many calories then just that's just like uh, yep. going to stop with the autophagy because of the calories yeah so things like concentrated nutrients as you said like reishi cordyceps things like that or mm-hmm. maybe like a green drink or um things like yeah. milk milk thistle things like that they're not a problem um it's mm-hmm. when you start upping the calories more because i mean they're just sort of concentrated nutrients a lot of them in in liquid or or, or, or um, powdered form and um because right. so so people and also you said about dr mccola's uh, keto fast so would you say like if people wanted to add to their coffee things like mct oil or coconut oil for example would that break their fast i mean because there's quite a lot of calories in fat right well i think it, it's again like how many calories right. maybe like maybe like 100 calories of mct oil probably isn't going to be doing anything it's it's the ketones may also support the autophagy process and get you into deeper ketosis and uh, like reaching more of like a therapeutic zone of ketosis so uh yeah if, if it's if it's like your only food in a fasted state then i don't really like wor- i wouldn't worry about it that much and uh, if it's going to help you to fast then uh, that would be even better 
Got yeah. So so these things are okay, but in, but you sound like you're you're someone who prefers to do that sort of approach. You know, maybe having concentrated nutrients like drink, drinks or teas rather than someone who has a <clears throat> who has the um, fasting mimicking diet. Um, so for example, more along the lines of um, eat stop eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I think mm, just adding those in. Uh, or trying to get away with as much as things as possible in a fasted state, it just becomes like a distraction. And, uh, you know, it, it will be just easier and safer to uh, do those things that uh, you that you know that aren't going to interfere with anything. Because th- the, the response will also probably vary between people and how they respond to different foods. So I think, personally, I just wouldn't want to bother with thinking about, okay, what kind of supplements can I take? Because... It's just gonna like add more noise into the mix. Yeah, hundred percent. So when you aren't eating, what do you? T- I mean, I'm guessing you take some sort of um, water, maybe with some sort of Himalayan rock salt um, or sort of snake juice. Is it as cold as it? Uh, or I mean, what? Yeah, what do you? What's your sort of approach? Um, yeah, like uh, I would drink some water with uh, some uh, salts and uh, maybe like potassium chloride. Uh, but also like in the, if I were to drink some coffee, then I'll just keep it uh, regular black with uh, maybe some chaga powder or some cinnamon and, uh, green tea matcha is also good. And some, from time to time I'll also have like some apple cider vinegar, uh, with some like squeezed lemon juice into it. That's, that's also like a pretty good, uh, drink to break a fast with, but also like suppress hunger and, uh, continue fasting. So yeah, it's, it's quite simple. Yeah, you talk about, I want to get into that, how you break your fast, but you're, having looked at your videos, you have your own anti-aging cocktail, right? Is that something you drink? <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to drink it a lot more, uh, right. like this sort of a bone broth drink yeah. with like spices like turmeric, ginger, uh, and those sorts of things. Uh, I used to drink it a lot more, but I, I at the moment I'm having it like every once in a while when I'm actually cooking bone broth, so I just haven't, I just haven't had like a much... Um, like frequency with it but in the past i would have it like quite often and i think it's very useful uh, especially for breaking a fast with and uh, also like postponing the break of the fast so if you have something like a bone broth maybe a few hours before actually breaking the fast then it's pretty useful for like staying in a semi-fast state uh, for longer Mm. It's also full of yeah. I mean, you got lots of collagen in there as well. It's brilliant. You yeah. you talk about um, the AMPK, um, well, the AMP also oh, mTOR as well, the mTOR pathway, and AMPK. Um, for 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 listeners out there, what what are these and how are they affected by fasting? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mTOR and AMPK are almost like the uh, yin and yang of your metabolism uh, that regulate the balance between being fed and being fasted and being 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 catabolic and being anabolic which would be like uh, building tissue so uh, uh mTOR is the nutrient sensor that gets activated when you consume uh calories basically and uh, the most important calories for that are uh, glucose and amino acids from carbs and proteins so uh that's the signal that you send your body when you eat you know, excess calories and you break the fast. So mTOR will will help you to uh, repair your tissue, uh, build muscle, strengthen bones, get stronger and uh, and so on. But AMPK is the opposite, which is the catabolic sensor. 
And uh, when you're fasting, then the body increases AMPK to start mobilizing uh, fat stores better to go into deeper ketosis, to activate autophagy, and uh, to also just deal with the stress more better. So to say, it's going to help to uh, adapt to the um, conditions that your body is going through at, the, at, the, at that moment. And constantly those things, mTOR and AMPK, they can't really coexist Right. They're constantly being uh, balanced out <clears throat> between uh, what what kind of foods you're eating and what are you doing at that particular moment of the day, and you know fasting, exercise, uh, caloric restriction, those things that are catabolic, they stimulate AMPK, and those things that are anabolic, they make you grow. Those things um, stimulate mTOR. Oh, awesome! That's an awesome explanation. I think you put it out really well because it's just people out there. You know, they hear these things and they're like, "Oh, it's a really good layman's term description of things." So it's it's basically yeah. How it's almost like you know, it's like the stop and go sort of thing, or the way you're eating, depending on what you're eating or if you are eating, uh, it, what one will be switched on and the, and the other won't. And I'm sure there's a sort of like some sort of um, uh, it's a switch. You say say these things aren't switched on and off. Just like that it depends on how the, how the body's reacting to things so when when you do break your fast sim what do you do you generally do do you do you say it's okay for people that just been fasting just going to eat a big meal or would you say you would you ease into it would you have something like so maybe some fruit first and we know you probably don't actually have that much fruit but you just mentioned before like some apple cider vinegar or bone broth those sort of things how what would you do on a daily basis to break your fast uh, me personally, I usually start off with uh, like apple cider vinegar just to promote stomach acid and uh, digestive enzymes. So it's gonna be good, good to uh, improve with digestion uh, beforehand. But uh, if I were to come from like a very long fast, like plus twenty four hours, then uh, I'd also have some form of like a soup based liquid, maybe in the form of bone broth or some stew or something, something like that. Uh, to kind of also just direct more blood into the gut and uh, prepare for the food, uh, but on a daily basis, I may uh, I I don't think the bone broth is mandatory, but I'll just stick to the apple cider vinegar. And the first foods that I usually start off with are uh, again with more digestive enzymes, like uh, you know fermented foods, sauerkraut, pickles, uh, maybe some steamed vegetables, uh, and also maybe the first proteins that I like to start off are like eggs and uh, maybe some fish. So I, I don't really, I don't just, I don't personally, I don't like it to break my fast with very hard to digest foods like uh, some meats or uh, a bunch of maybe even, even just like raw vegetables, like raw kale and such. Mm. They're somewhat hard to digest uh, when you break their fast with and uh, much, much rather start something with these, which is easier. Yeah, I mean raw vegetables. I mean it's a, it was a huge raw food movement, and uh, mm. <clears throat> raw food has got great benefits if you can digest it. A lot of people's stomach acids these days and guts are just because of their stress, what they've been eating, what they've been doing for years. You know, I always say to them, people say, mm-hmm. "Oh, I thought raw food's great for you." I say, "Well, it is if you can digest it. It's the same as everyone. It is yeah. if it's good for you." So, you know. What do you think is easier? Go and put a, a, a cooked carrot in a blender uh, and see how easy that is to, to, to digest or how easy that is to mash up. And then go and put mm-hmm. a raw carrot 
in a blender and see how easy that is to to mash up you know it's like yeah, yeah. and this is why people get oh, i'll get really bad stomach after i've eaten raw food it's like well you know your stomach acid is probably not good enough at the moment and you're eating too much raw food and so i think it's important for people to say that you know because after you have been you can when you've been fasting for a while as well you can see you physically can see how much your stomach shrinks like you're very mm. lean you can see that and so just putting the big meal in straight away they're trying to build yeah. stomach capacity it's like just giving your 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 gut time to um so almost just ready in it like almost like stretching you know <laughs> for the gut right, right. it's like so you mentioned there a longer fast like how often do you do like a 24 hour 48 72 hour fast um well i usually try to have at least like um you know four to five of those a year and uh usually uh, well that's that's like the minimum effective dose that I try to aim for, uh, but I also have them quite spontaneously, whenever I like find it to suit the situation. Like for instance, when I'm traveling, then I'm always kind of choosing to fast rather than try to eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so far for this year, I've already I think I've already gotten like five to six of these three day fasts just because of uh, traveling. Uh, but you know, on a frequent basis. Uh, I do try to have maybe like a shorter, shorter extended fast as well, like a 48 hour fast, maybe once or twice a month, uh, because I think like a shorter but more frequent fasting schedule is probably healthier and better than to go for these very long fasts uh, infrequently, so to say. So doing just a seven day fast one day of one once a year isn't as good as doing a 48 hour fast every week or every other week because you're going to in total you're going to end up with more more frequent um, fasting and more longer hours of fasting as well so yeah that's that's what I like to do like just keep it's the kind of frequency and consistency is is, is like a more important thing to uh, keep your cells uh, healthy yeah i th- i think so it's what i like to do almost the, the the two to four hour window as well it's just like giving your your body rest from that through most days you know all those hours add up after mm-hmm. after a while um and but 100 percent. i talked about this before on the show about uh, fasting and traveling you know a lot of people they're on a plane they're eating this food it's they're not moving uh it's it's terrible food you know i if i ever take i take my own food on a plane which you can do but I've started doing it as well now, where I just fast throughout. Um, it's really good for the circadian rhythm um, at the other end. You know, it teaches the body. Um, it's really good for jet lag, basically, to to, mm-hmm. to get over jet lag. But you know, it's also if you're sitting there watching watching a film, if you're not moving, you, you can get, you try and get up and move about a bit. But you know, fasting while you're traveling, I think something that um, more. I think it's very beneficial. More people can do it. You know, it's just sure. you don't need to be putting. It's let's be honest. Aeroplane food is a health disaster uh, for <laughs> for many for many reasons. It, it, it stinks as well. You know, you don't mm. got to be rocket scientist to work out it's not healthy for you. Um, and so when you when you said you'd done these longer fasts, was that quite a, quite long plane journeys? Uh, yeah, like uh, they're gonna be you know, uh, 10, 10 hour long flights or something. So yeah. it's, it's easier to kind of fast and I usually feel better as well. Like you said, uh, you're not gonna, you know, in, interfere with digestion. You're not gonna get bloated or something just because you ate something in a very confined position. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You're not moving. I mean, obviously the air quality on planes isn't great. You've got radiation. There's loads, lots of things, you know, which did you, when you fasted there, did you take your, like your mushrooms on the plane, for example, and have like a tea just to like give your, give your body some, um, a little boost as well. 
not, not really. Like uh, I'll just I'll just stick to like water, or uh, I'll just stick to like the coffees or the teas. Uh, I don't. Uh, when I'm traveling, I try to kind of detox from right. the uh, supplements as well, <laughs> or take a break from them. All right, cool. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I I tend to maybe has have like um, a couple of things in there just in case. Well, I, I generally tend to have uh, vitamin C on the plane just because, and take some lemons and limes uh, just to squeeze them in a couple of hours because uh, you know mm-hmm. just uh, airplanes are like cesspits really. Um, yeah, yeah. But but so who who out, people out there who's because I want to get into a little bit other other stuff, but not just the health benefits, um, physically, but also mentally. But just out there, who who's working for study? Have you looked into uh, Dr. Panda um, Sachin and obviously Dr. Walter Longo? Anyone else out there, or have you listened, have you gone into their research? Um, I think yeah, Walter Longo is definitely one of the pioneers of uh, intermittent fasting studies, <clears throat> and Sachin Panda as well with fasting and time restricted eating. Uh, but other kind of people that I like to listen to when it comes to fasting is, yeah, Dr. Mercola has, is recently more into it and, uh, he explains a lot of the molecular kind of effects of uh, what happens. And, uh, yeah, maybe like there, there's, a, there's quite a lot of doctors talking about it right now mm-hmm. and picking up, uh, but, uh, in the past I would have also like one of the OGs or the one of the originators of intermittent fasting is was like the Ori Ori Hofmichler, uh, who like wrote his book in the like the two thousands early two thousands. So he's been a while, but he's been qu- somewhat quiet after after the last few years. Mm. But yeah, there's plenty of uh, quite a lot of people. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know, I think I mean, you know, you always talk about how maybe the the powers that be that uh, any people that benefit from us eating lots of the food industry and, and the hospitals, right? The big pharma, because you said overconsumption, um, overconsumption of food, overconsumption of rubbish TV, overconsumption of you know poor, poor information, and uh, not mm-hmm. enough, and it all adds up, right? So just mm-hmm. just. I mean, also, have you noticed how the good effects it's had on your on your gut health fasting? Like how you know, a lot of people have gut issues. One of the best things any animal in the wild that has an issue or is ill, you know, it just goes and fasts. And uh, one of the things people with gut issues, I always say to them, some of the best things you can do is just go and give your body a break from food and help help heal and see your gut and help your microbiome. Have you found that with mm-hmm. yourself and with other clients? Um, I think, yeah, like just giving your digestion a break is uh, very good and effective and that can help to, uh, you know, fix some of the digestive issues that most people have. Um, but yeah, but, but I, I would say that if a person has like some serious like gut dysbiosis, mm. then fasting wouldn't be like the best strategy for that because the bacteria would just survive the fasting like uh, you're just you know uh, not putting food in and you're not feeding them but they will still you know try to protect and survive by going into like the metastasis status where they're not being killed either so uh, for for like actual gut disorders or some uh, dysbiosis then i would have to i would have to suggest people to look into taking like a gut test an organic acid test and see like what's the actual status of the gut mm-hmm. uh, but for most most like easier digestive issues such as constipation or bloating uh, or like low stomach acid those can be yeah at least improved with some uh, intermittent fasting just because of uh, not consuming that much food and uh, not keeping the body in this uh, constantly breaking down food 
Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I agree. So it's something that um, with with people with gut issues, I do like to give their, their gut a little break, and then it's the certain foods you're putting in, and it's the way you're changing them. It's a test, and the way you're changing their microbiome. Um, because yeah, lots of people these days have got a gut dysbiosis, they just don't know about it. Um, and you can see that. I mean, you 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 walk around uh, sim right. I'm sure it's the same. Are you in Estonia right now? Uh, yeah, Estonia. Yeah. Do you do you, when you walk around, you go to the shops to do people look tired? Do people look ill? Uh, I don't. I, I I don't think that's like that big of an issue in Estonia because really? people are uh, more close to nature here and they don't have you know a ton of processed food in their diet awesome. and they still like walk every most of the time and staying physically active. So yeah, when I for instance, but when I'm like in the states or some other countries, then yeah, that, that's. That's like a different story. Yeah. Uh, some more more people are dragging their feet, yeah, and they don't look like uh, that healthy in terms of their body composition and and other aspects. So yeah, I think the environment and the particular kind of country plays a huge role in the kind of health of the population. Hundred percent. I mean, it's just like uh, it's just as you say, yeah, it's like society's society sort of like um, holds people into, or they it starts to have like a culture, right? And if that culture starts to to be someone that you know, <clears throat> you say that we've got more, more therapists, specialists, consultants, you know, nutritionists, doctors than ever. Yet we're fatter than sicker than ever, as like uh, especially in the Western world, in the UK and in America, for example. Um, I'm sure you've got lots of listeners from all over. But what, what have you found fasting? The benefits of fasting, not just physically. What have you found the benefits of fasting to be for you mentally? Uh, well, mentally, I think there is like some um, like brain boosting effects when it, when it comes to fasting, such as like, increased BDNF and uh, reduce like plaque formation, etc., which will improve like cognition and memory and so on. But I think most of the psychological benefits of fasting come from just you know teaching yourself to not be distracted and uh, teaching yourself to practice more self-control, become more mindful and uh, avoid all these potential temptations and uh, not not conditioning yourself to be eating all the time and thinking about food. So yeah, I think the in a fastest state, I experience more, more mental clarity and uh, freedom of thinking because I'm not focused about my next meal and I don't have to worry about it. So yeah, both physiological as well as psychological effects both of them have been like very good in my like uh, mental development. Yeah, you I mean a lot of people when you get them on it and they start to do it, they, a lot of brain fog goes. You know, that's why also people like start getting more in line with their intuition um, and following their gut, which I think is you know it's almost like people people can also start to be more more relaxed. I find. Um, it's just because their body's not constant. You know, it's not constantly having to digest food. It's not constantly using energy to digest food. A lot of uh, research has shown like just moving food from mouth to anus is like seventy five percent of the daily calories. Um, mm-hmm. It's fifty five to seventy five percent daily calories. So interesting, like people are almost spiritual. You know, that's why whether you believe in religion or not. Uh, even a broken clock's right twice a day, and every religion has some sort of fasting. Uh, and right now, the, uh, got, you know, the Muslims have got Ramadan, and there's a reason for that, right? I mean, it is it does heal the body, but it also gives people a spiritual enlightening as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
and uh, so so just for people out there, uh, Sim, if you were to say like a few things that you wish to have known about fasting um, at the start, but you you didn't, or like little tips that you give people um, who maybe well, I'll tell you what, a couple of tips you give people that are um, new to fasting, and then a couple of tips that you give for people that are, are maybe a little bit more experienced with fasting. What would you, what would they be? Um, for like beginners, I would say that <clears throat> um, trying to uh, optimize their diet first is probably going to be easy, and don't you don't have to like jump straight into these longer fasts, etc. You just start where you're coming from and uh, build your gonna fat adaptation from there, because it's, then it's gonna be more sustainable. And try to think of try to think of fasting as a more long life long lifelong uh, journey instead of like a crash diet mm-hmm. that you really burn yourself out with uh, really fast. Um, for more advanced people, I would say that uh, although if you do implement fasting, I think it's it's important to realize that it's not like the end all be all. And you shouldn't let fasting interfere with other aspects of a health, whether that be like sleep or exercise. So sleep is definitely more important than fasting. And I would say that exercise is also like on a hierarchy of health, exercise would be more important than fasting. But uh, you can still do both. So uh, I think that people who aren't doing any exercise, but they're fasting, then those people would definitely see great transformations in their health and well-being if they started to exercise more and the other way goes around as well like vice versa so i think yeah fasting is important but exercise is also important yeah it's awesome it's like uh i always say to people it's no, it's no like magic bullet approach you should try and get it all in trying to have a balance of, it, of like the good food fasting exercise and you, you put them all together and all of a sudden you're onto a winner right it's uh it's it's obviously people what you said you've got ease into things but if you're more um, all, all or not, I always say to people all or nothing approach never works anyway uh, because people they fall out of it and then they're like all of a sudden oh my I did something wrong I might as well just throw it all out the window it's like no it's not what you do every now and again that matters it's what you do majority of the time it's the same with fasting right if you've got something going on it's you know the best thing about fasting in my opinion is as well Sim, is that you know, for people, you haven't. It's just, it's just easy. You haven't got to go and run a marathon. Um, you haven't got to go and buy a fancy this or that. You just got to abstain from food, um, and it's very easy for people to do. But you, you have got to be uh, mentally, emotionally prepared for that as well. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. Like some people just are afraid of either fasting or doing anything else. So fasting does help you to conquer your fears a little bit or uh, it's, it's at least going to bo- push your uh, boundaries and get you out of your comfort zone. What, so. what, what about those people that are letting me, people say, oh, you've got to eat, you know, it's bad for you not to eat breakfast. Um, or like for people that are really lean. What, is it, I mean, are there uh, people that shouldn't fast? Uh, well, probably, you know, like uh, some people can still do some form of fasting regardless of their situation they just have to kind of change or optimize the window a little bit and um, I think uh, some people who would want to do that or be more cautious with the fasting are like people who are uh, pregnant caregiving elderly children like seriously uh, hospitalized or someone who has like very serious injuries uh, then those would be someone to 
be more cautious with fasting. They can still do it, but they just uh, would probably have to uh, fast shorter and uh, feed more properly as well. But it's, it's interesting you to put up injuries and stuff, and even like because I know a lot of athletes now when they're injured, they're all going to to like a, at least a, a 16 hour window a lot of them because they've read the benefits of, of fasting and how it can heal the body quickly um it's, it's really so in your book um sim you know metabolic autophagy <clears throat> practice of intermittent fasting and resistance training to build muscle and, and promote longevity what's what's the sort of base um i mean do, do you have for people out there, do you have workout plans and maybe like a Monday to Friday schedule for people, or is it just telling them to like be more intuitive with their body? Um, how do you, how do you go about that? Uh, well, the book does include like all the main principles of building muscle as well as doing intermittent fasting, uh, and it does give you like a blueprint, so to say, like a template to follow for uh, four weeks of uh, how do you structure both uh, muscle growth phases and uh, fasting phases and how to cycle between them. But it doesn't give you like an actual, let's say, day-to-day meal plan or a workout routine to follow. I have like a specific uh, course for that as well, which is the Metabolic Autophagy Masterclass. So that's that's where I give you like a specific four-week uh, meal plan as well as a workout routine with like exact meal timing, exact macros, exact ingredients, exact uh, calories, etc., so that because the problem is that like the book itself would be just to teach you the principles and uh, what what's going to be actual your final let's say meal plan that's going to be very context dependent and it varies between people a lot. Awesome. And where and where can people find that? Uh, well, the book is on uh, Amazon and uh, the course as well as the audio book are on my website uh, simlan.com. Similar, similar, dot com, right? Yeah. Awesome. And so anything else you want to add, Sim? Uh, no, I think uh, we covered quite a lot and uh, it was very in-depth. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a real pleasure to have you on, mate. Have you got any other books coming out or what, what are you like looking into next? Um, well, currently um, I'm also doing some more research for an upcoming course on like sleep and uh, circadian rhythms but uh, that's probably going to be you know out maybe like later later this year oh awesome what have you you going into blue blockers blue light blockers yeah 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 awesome we've got um i don't know we did a really good interview with a guy called andy manf who's got blueblocks.com i don't know if you've got any that you use but he's a uh, his glasses are quite stylish if you wanted to have a look into him. But, yeah. um, cool. Sim, it's been really nice talking to you. Thanks for uh, for coming on, my man. I know you're, you're very busy, but um be interested to get you um maybe back on in the future when you've got that book book out and um, go through a few things. All right. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So there you have it, guys. That was Sim Land. You can find him at simland.com, uh, his website. And, uh, yeah, I hope you learned a few things there about, about fasting, why it can benefit you, what you can do for the body. Why people in general are just eating too much food? And, um, yeah, I mean, it's anti-aging. and Fasting is phenomenal for anti-aging as well, you know. can be a bit uncomfortable if you're not used to it, but you just once you get into it, it's a, it's a lifestyle, it's a habit, and it's something that um, is just very, very beneficial for the body. So, yeah, it's something that I definitely recommend um, people trying, at least again, at least try. If it doesn't work for you, then, then don't worry. You can always come away from it. There's no dogma of us. We just do what works for everyone. But... Most of you, I think, will find phenomenal benefits from, from fasting. Um, 
health-wise, you know, as well as maybe even spiritually. So, yeah, go into that. Um, so that was episode 117 with Simland. Um, definitely be getting him on again, I think, to talk about his new book, which will be interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, as as always, guys and girls, um, head on over to www.reviveyourself.co for our articles, and we've got our shop there. And if you are dealing with a health issue and you'd like um, to put it behind you, um, uh, the best thing to do would be to give me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co and we can book a call to see if and how we can help you. We can go from there. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook at Revive Yourself, uh, Instagram at revive underscore yourself. Um, and yeah, you know, please share and uh, review this podcast, share so we can get this information out to as many people as possible. That's the whole point of this, right? It's trying to influence as many people as possible. So if you can share, like, review it, share on iTunes or give us a five-star review on iTunes, that'd be great. I never used to do this, but I just want to get, the, get this out to as many people as possible because I think we need to expand our audience a little bit. I mean, we're already in, I think it's uh, 27, 28 different countries, but let's, we can push that further. So let's get us out there, revivers. Uh, otherwise, as always, guys and girls, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. If you're struggling with gut issues, such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today. 